Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeech. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going. Look. We're back. We're back. Like a week later. Within a week. We did it. <laughs> Finally. We did it. It's amazing. We uh we made this happen today. This yes, is great. We did. Awesome. Um, what is the most millennial thing that happened to you, Jeej? We're diving right in. We are jumping right in today. Okay. So I think me like many other people have like our comfort shows right something that you can like you've maybe watched before or maybe you don't valued it enough and it can kind of be like background sound um and in light of the recent scandal of it all i have started a rewatch of one of my comfort shows Vanderpump rules again <laughs> uh, hold on hold on hold on yeah I knew you watched the show. You've watched it all the way through before? So I watched it um, during COVID. I watched it all the way through to where it was at that time. So there's, I think, two seasons I had never seen. Okay. Um, So I'm doing a complete rewatch, including these two seasons that I haven't seen. Oh, you're going to tack it on. Okay, going to tack it it on. Yes. Why is that millennial? I feel like, one, it's, it's one of the remaining really trashy like reality tv shows that still exist in some way and i feel like that was like the stuff i grew up on right like um jersey shore was big when i was growing up laguna beach um (laughs) team mom was yeah team mom was on this terrible show called next i don't know if you i don't know i don't know that one uh the (laughs) everything bachelor branded i consider in bachelor bachelorette don't want to leave anyone out yeah so it's it's kind of one of those like maybe not so scripted but maybe like positioned reality tv shows and i was like you're being kind positioned yeah overproduced is what i call it okay well (laughs) fair enough yeah so probably the most millennial thing that happened to me this week is diving back into vanderpump rolls nice yeah how about you um I did our taxes this week. <laughs> did do our taxes this week. Thank you. Right, right up against the deadline. That was and my so fault. I don't know how millennial that is or not, but um, for someone who has an okay understanding of taxes and tax prep, I'm like what I assume many many millennials that aren't in the accounting profession or public accounting profession are constantly just scratching our heads, being like, huh. I don't understand how this works. <laughs> I paid too much to something, and so now I'm getting taxed for it. I don't get this because of that. <laughs> There's all the like moving and yeah. shaking. It is a very complicated thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, many a counterpart in our generation was like, I just do it just so I can get it done. It, it's basically a legal shakedown. <laughs> It is. it is a legal government is shakedown of, wild. <laughs> hey, we're not going to tell you how much you owed us. We're going to let you tell us how much you think you owe us. And I'm going to tell you if that matches a number that <laughs> yeah. I think that you should be paying me. Yes. 
Yes. Oh, man. That's a good one, Chris. <laughs> you watched me do taxes for the first time. You were a witness to it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Sitting I, on the back porch. I was supporting you. I was cheering you on. <laughs> this is before uh, before our joint tax yes. uh, existence <laughs> yep. together. Yes. I'd never done taxes before. And it, we had gotten, it was a place that Chris and I had worked together at. And we gotten some like weird form that year. It's called a K-1. <laughs> And K-1s are not uh, common amongst the working class such as us. <laughs> so I was trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what taxes were, how do I do them, really understanding now that like, oh, it's like a guess and check exercise. Um, <laughs> I'm sure like the IRS wants to hear that. <laughs> um, don't audit prior to, <laughs> audit prior to 2022. Yes, please. <laughs> Oh, I tried my best. I think that's got to count for something. Right? <laughs> that's very millennial. Give me a participation trophy. For that's right. That. IRS, I need a ribbon <laughs> because I did do my taxes. It's true. You just think they're wrong. You just, I would like to tell I you that TurboTax thinks I was right. Best. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. The worst day of my year. Oh, Every year. Doing taxes. Is, is doing taxes and realizing uh, how many dollars were not my dollars. Yeah, it is a little uh, disenchanting. Yeah, and yeah. very interesting, like, considering our podcast last week about expatriating and how the U.S. government still commands you to pay taxes to it even when you live outside of the country. Um, that was really eye-opening to be like, yeah, really, there's double taxation would be detrimental. Gotta, so. gotta feed the beast. Yeah. Gotta feed that beast. Yep. Jeez, what are we doing today? Okay, I am so excited about this episode. I'm so excited. Um, Christopher, we are going to talk about Beanie Babies. <laughs> oh, before we do that, yeah. because I think people don't listen all the way to the end. Yeah. I found a way to easily put things on YouTube. Oh, wonderful. And so I will more consistently put our videos up on YouTube. Fair. Uh, te- uh we don't have nicknames for people that listen to us. Everyone who listens to us as well, I'll call you right now. And so I'll do my, we'll do better to look at the camera. We'll do better to do some other things, but just know more consistency, putting things on YouTube or what this podcast is. So yes, Beanie Babies, here we go. Beanie Babies. Okay. So again, much like Lisa Frank, I went into this being like, here's a very nostalgic, happy piece of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then as I did the research, um, there was a lot of like questionable things that happened with Beanie Babies. So interesting. Sorry that I keep bringing this like weird dark edge to oh. the, our nostalgia. I think everyone wants to like. So I've I had this discussion with y'all this week because I keep seeing this observation generally. Um, Blink One Eighty Two uh, got all back. So the the form of the band that got the most popular is back together. They played at Coachella and I was like I'm sure it was a packed house because millennials have so much nostalgia. Yeah. For what happened to them as they were younger. Yeah. What I think is really interesting is sit there and like feeling that like little fuzzy of the nostalgia but mm-hmm. being like oh I didn't know that about this this puts another mm-hmm. like layer mm-hmm. around this thing that I like right yeah yeah so I I enjoy this this is 
This is like our ability to do uh, true crime out of genre. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. It is freaking wild. So, Chris, what are your memories around Beanie Babies growing up? Like, what was your experience? Okay, with I hate I hate keep keeping saying that I'm old on this podcast, but yeah, <laughs> um, Beanie Babies. I I never I never really participated in the Beanie Baby type stuff. Um, I remember McDonald. I remember people like falling over themselves for the McDonald's mm-hmm. series of Beanie Babies. We'll be talking about that, yes. I remember. Um, I remember the little hard plastic things yes. that you put around the the Ty hearts on their ears to yeah. keep them pristine. Yeah. Um, I remember just like big shops, and it was nothing but Beanie Babies. And the ones that were just like generally available, they didn't care about. And then there was like ones behind the counter, right? <laughs> that were like, mm, this one's really. Uh, didn't Princess Diana have a beanie baby? Princess Diana did. Was have she a alive beanie when baby. she had it? No, or this was, was in an, was in commemorating beanie baby. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember it was a craze, and I didn't participate at all. I guess I didn't like understand it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, a little spoiler alert. Beanie Babies did peak in 1998, so you were 16 at the time, yeah. 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 But if they hung out long enough for you, they they obviously had a long, slopey downtrend then. Um, maybe not so much. Okay. I was like, when they kind of, when they disappeared, I was like eight, so they're like a very important part of my childhood. One of my favorite childhood toys was a Beanie Baby, so they might have lasted a little bit longer. Um, did you? Did any of your siblings have Beanie Babies that you remember? No, not at all. Okay. Um, yeah, me thinking about there may have been a Beanie Baby, but like nothing like memorable as a collection or anything like that. Gotcha. What it turned into for some people, right? Gotcha. No, that makes sense. So here's a place where we difference because uh, we went hard for Beanie Babies in the Void household. Hard <laughs> for Beanie Babies. Um, there was a little place. What was the What was the estimated peak quantity? Jeez, um, I'm gonna guess we had probably about 80 Beanie Babies in our house. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably between the four of us. Um, yeah. So we like we went hard for them. Was this supported or encouraged it, at the parental level? I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. Um, we had this like really cool shop in our town called Zany Brainy that was all things like think like creative kids toys. So just STEM toys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like that was and that was we didn't have video games growing up. For as long as I lived there, I know some of my younger siblings had them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't, we had like limited, if any, computer time. So we were really, really, really encouraged to do like crafts and like play. And because that was what was encouraged, it was very, um, like my parents were very happy to like accommodate that, right? Oh, okay. So we loved Zany Brainy. And it had my favorite thing that I remember from it was that it had this like doll you could. It, these like little paper dolls and you could like decorate their outfits on them they were all ballerinas so you could like glue some tulle around them you could give them glitter places they were like gorgeous and the the box that they came with kind of went out to create some sort of scene mm. um so it was like stuff like that right story like that was a little too expensive for 
<laughs> for my childhood. <laughs> um, also, there might have been like access, right? Like this was mm, in a city true. rather than outside of it. But Zany Brady was the place that sold Beanie Babies near us. And so I remember on like Saturday afternoons, mm-hmm. um, we would go and like get in. We would all get like a new Beanie Baby if we had like done something as a group that was a chore, like cleaning out the garage. How, I much, remember. how much did a ba- Beanie Baby cost like retail? Five to six dollars. Five, six dollars. Okay, yeah. thanks. Um, or I remember like we had some neighbors that like would be like, hey, we're going to go get Beanie Babies. Can you ask your mom if you can come with us? And so we'd, we'd like go snag, yeah, go snag a couple bucks. Beanie baby. Um, yeah. So we love that. My very favorite toy ever was a Beanie Baby. It was a cat named Flip. Um, I buried her multiple times. She's like, how many times did she die? Is that so why the burying happened? Yeah. Or we would like play hide and seek with them. So she would get buried. I don't know why she, I got stitches at one point in my life and bled all over her. And so she had like blood. She's disgusting. I think she's actually, I think I saw her in the box outside. Gross. Yeah. So Gross. <laughs> we did our own grudge cleaning today. Did not get a beanie baby after that. <laughs> we probably need to talk after. Okay. Um, Time out. Can I ask you yes. a question? Yes. As an American Girl doll, I guess participant. And I, I wasn't. Oh, My okay. Sister was yeah, but I okay. Wasn't. I didn't know how I if there them. was like a fight between <laughs> like Beanie Baby collecting and American Girl. You were horses. You were horse I figurines. Had, I loved horses, Barbies, and Beanie Babies. Oh, okay, so yeah. and those all go together really well. Your 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 Barbies can ride the Beanie Babies, right? You just have like a giant bowl that they're on. It's great. It's great. But I had a lot of, like, a lot of others that I loved. Um, so they were, like, a huge part of my childhood. So I wanted to look into, like, what the craze was around Beanie Babies. I remember them being really popular for a really short amount of time and then kind of disappearing. Okay. And then now, like, we see in stores, we kind of have something that looks like a Beanie Baby, right? Um, they're called Beanie Boos. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I have never, I guess I'd never like have kept an eye out for anything like that. I'll show them to you next time when I start, but that's kind of. Does the parent company that makes Beanie Babies, are they still around? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And very interesting. We're going to start right there. So kind of like Lisa Frank. Kind of like Lisa Frank. Still around. Um, you, you mentioned the tag on their ears. What, what did you say? You said it was a TY tag? Is a heart. Yeah. And then was it TY? Is that what I remember? TY. Okay. But it's not, the company's not TY. It's Was that for thank you? No, it's named after the founder, Ty Warner. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think there was a bunch of mythology that went in around there. Set the stage for us, Miss G. All right. So Ty (laughs) Warner, like here's, here's the basic facts you need to know about him right up front. He is a billionaire multiple times over now. Um, He's not done an interview since 1996. Is he the Enya of toys? He's like evil Enya of <laughs> Evil Enya? Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm more intrigued now than ever. Yes. Uh, this man is colorful to say the least. Uh, Does he have a castle? I want evil Enya to have a castle too. He has something akin to a castle in New York City. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Fair. We'll get there. Um, but he, okay, so one thing I want to set up front here is he says a lot of things that maybe haven't been true. 
Uh, and so a lot of like the fact finding around him, you take what he says and you take it with a grain of salt and then other people have gone and backed it up. Um, and then one of his ex lovers also had an unpublished memoir when she died. So some of it is taken from there too. Okay. Um, and most of the information comes today from an episode of you're wrong about this, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Uh, I highly recommend it. Okay. But, yes, let's get on in. Do, 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 do. All right. So, Ty Warner, um, like I said, a very colorful character. According to him, he grew up very poor in Chicago. He actually didn't. He grew up quite middle to upper middle class. He grew up in a uh, Frank Lloyd Wright house, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how cheap those were way <laughs> yeah. back when. Yeah. Um, but uh, sought after... At least after the fact, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and during the time, he's a pretty unreliable narrator for his own life, which okay. is why I'm grateful that somebody did a little triangulation around it. Um, he did have kind of a tough childhood, though. His mom was very mentally ill mm. and was um, a little bit emotionally and physically violent because of that. Okay. Uh, his dad was stepping out on his mom all the time. Um, so, like, things were difficult. For him, um, his dad was a toy salesman growing up, so he is the ah. nepo baby of toys. We love it. Uh, he worked for a company called Daikon. 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 Are you familiar with them at all? Uh, refresh my memory. For some reason, that sounds familiar, but I can't recall. So they started out as a gun importer, <laughs> and they ended up selling um, toys along the way. They exclusively sell toys. Their most famous product is like a teddy bear type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so his dad was a toy salesman. He really didn't have any interest in that. He moved to L.A. to be an actor. Why not? Why not? I, I, I missed my chance. I should have done that. <laughs> starve, starve in L.A. Move over, Jason Momoa. There's a new Aquaman in town. Prodigal son all the way back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Oh, did it is, it, I'm a, sure it's not uncommon. Yeah, working in L.A., working as an actor in L.A. doesn't work out for him. So he comes back home and he's like, okay, fine. I'll take my dad up on, take, on selling daikon toys with him. Mm -hmm. um, and he and his dad have like this kind of rough relationship. They kind of always have. Mm. Um, but it gets a little bit weirder. It's rumored that he and his dad dated some of the same women at the same time. So it's a very interesting dynamic to like set up. And this kind of sets up mm. who he is as a person as well. Um, he's a really good salesman. Like really good. He can sell the heck out of a plushie. But okay. he is generally hated by everyone who he comes in contact with. Okay. Yeah. They, they said he's like, he has a huge ego. He's just like very prideful. He he just rubs people the wrong way generally. Before Beanie Babies? This is all before Beanie, okay, Beanie thank Babies. You. He's still working at Daikon. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but because he's good at it, the money, like the money is coming in. And as soon as yeah, it I'm hits, sure Daikon is just rewarding too, right? Yeah. It's like it's a sales based position. We're gonna give you a pat on the back as top salesman, and it comes with whatever the stated comp. I'm sure yeah. was there, right? Yeah. And he is not. That's very subtle. validating to uh, an ego, just <laughs> which probably feeds into the exactly. whole exactly. <laughs> People didn't like him because of his ego. Um, but he like sees that money, and he's like. I'm going to do something about this. So he buys a bright pink car and he would show up at work in these like pink velour track suits. Um, and he had like a cane and a top hat. 
they just like roll into the office, roll into sales meetings with. Pick your poison when you're untouchable. I love this. Yeah, but it's just generally unlike people are like, ugh, nobody's like happy for him that he's doing this. Nobody's happy for him that he's selling so well. He's just an annoying ass. Um, okay, so he's like, okay, great, I'm good at this. You know what I think I can do? I can start a little company on the side. I'm still going to work for Daikon. Okay. But I'm going to start a little company on the side. Um, and this was in, in the 80s. So Daikon had an issue with this. And especially an issue, it was noted because he was so unliked. Oh. Um, and so they hired a PI to track him for months. Was he infringing or they just didn't like the fact that he was selling away from them? With different products? Unsure what their reasoning, okay. if they had a non-complete Pete or something like okay. that. But anyways, they had an issue with it. Um, so this PI is following him for months, builds up a case, and he ends up losing his job at Daikon. So he's now in his early 30s. He's trying really hard to start all these companies, but they're failing. Yeah, it's a real thing. He's out of money. And then he says... <laughs> and remember... He's an unreliable narrator, but this is hilarious. He says he has a vision of a huge six-foot plush teddy bear that comes to his window and says, Ty, you got to go back into plush. (laughs) Wow. Usually that's a little more religious and more (laughs) Christian recognized. It feels like a little (laughs) bit like um, the ghost of Christmas past coming to him. (laughs) The ghost of Christmas plush. Yes. I'm being like, Ty. <laughs> just go back just to plushies, rubbing his man. face with his like soft, like plushy hand. Yes. Come back. We miss you. We miss you. Gross. <laughs> like gross. Plushies. Wild. <laughs> so. So he's like, great. Well, now I've been told by the plushy gods. I got to I got to sell these things again. But he has no idea where to start. And he has no startup money at this point. He has no startup money. So he um, he goes and he talks to this woman named Patty that he knows. And Patty's a little bit of a character. She was described as Liza Minnelli in looks and, um, like, actions. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And uh, she works at the gas station. And how they became whatever I mean, just you got to go find a a relatable business partner. Exactly. And so he someone selling cigarettes and gas. Yes. So this man, he's not very well liked. Uh, He has a hard time making friends. Mm. And Patty is just this kind lady that works at the gas station. (laughs) A little bit of a big personality herself. That makes small talk with him, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes, she goes and finds him and tells him about her vision. And she's like, all right, that's cool. Um, and he's like, you should go into business with me. Oh my And gosh. she's like, okay, but we don't have any startup money for this. And so what they decide to do is so she goes back to community college and then he goes with her. And while she's studying, he's in the library with her and he's researching how, how to manufacture Patty? things in China. Is, 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 she's is, a little older than him. So he's okay. in his mid thirties. So she's, she's a not, older. she's not a little younger and uh, naive to no. be misled. Okay. No. Okay. And please remember her name is Patty because that will come back in later. So, he's doing all these things. They still don't have any money, and they're unsure how to get it. But then, like, this thing happens. His dad dies. Uh, inheritances, I'm sure, 
there. Yeah, yeah. So he claims that he got 50K, and that's how we started it. He did not. He got 200K. Plus, he didn't tell his only sister, Joy, that his dad had died for five days. And during that time, he went and he cleaned all the antiques out of the house. Ah. Uh, yeah. As one does before the person who's running the estate and liquidating the estate steal. Correct. Correct. Right. So um, he when has... I used to work in money, I saw that did you more really? than I wanted to. It's yeah, just, that's... it's it's ugly. It it's ugly when mom ugly. or dad dies and the kids all come in different forms, different shapes, and yeah. different uh, desires uh, for ratios of money. It's yes. ugly. Yes. No. And so Joy gets not a lot. Okay. Um. And this kind of sets up how he treats the women in his life for the rest of the time. Joy seems, by all accounts, lovely. She works at a massage place. She has a lot of dogs. That's what we know about Joy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, they have this, like, startup money now. And so, what are they... 200 grand in the 80s. 200 grand plus whatever they sold in the antiques for in the 80s, which is an undisclosed amount. So, quarter plus million dollars easy. Yeah. In the 80s. In the 80s. Wow. Good chunk of change. Wow, I don't think you grew up that poor. So... He starts making these collectible cat things, and um, he's very fixated from the get-go on the eye placement of the cats, and he says, and I quote, you need to feel like it's looking at you. And he would show up in the places they manufactured in Korea, they would show up at the these places that they were being manufactured in like bright clothes and boas and like fixate on the eye placement. It's not judgy enough. It's exactly. Make it more judgy. It was like, it matters so much that they're staring at you. Um, and at this point, he's dating Patty now. So well, yeah. how convenient. How convenient, right? And she says, and I quote, it was great because it was two neurotics feeding off each other's insecurities. Sounds like a great and healthy I, I bet you that was amazing at first. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it was. I bet it was. Um, so, so the tie, the Beanie Babies as we know them do not exist at this point still. Is this their foundation? Or are they iterated from here? Yes, this okay. is their foundation. Um, and so here comes 1993. Their relationship is really, really rough. Uh, there was dispute, disputes about money because she assumed she was a co-founder. She did a lot of the creative work at the beginning. And remember went to college. But she didn't she didn't seed any money in, I'm sure. No, and he says he was she was employee number one. Ah. Yeah. So they break up. And um she starts seeing this new guy. They still work together. Okay. She starts seeing this new guy, and Ty follows her on vacations when she's out with him. She's like having her stocked. And so she decides to quit. And she starts selling insurance. And she will be back in the story. Many times, so please remember, Patty. <laughs> Can't stay away, Patty. Can't stay away, Patty. So right on the heels of Patty leaving, the first Beanie Baby was created. Do you have any guesses on what it was? A cat, I would assume. No, actually it wasn't. You would think the natural progression if he had from a cat collection, collection of cats, yeah. things to this. It was actually a frog. His name was Legs. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right off in 1993, they debuted um, 12 Beanie Babies, including one named Patty. Oh. um. Patty was a platypus. 
Patty, do you remember how Beanie Babies had little poems in there, in their things? No, I had no clue. Yes, so inside their tags, every Beanie Baby has a little poem. Like their mattress tags that are on them? No, like their little, the little T-Y, the tie tags that you referenced earlier, the hearts. If you open them up, it says its name, and then it has like a little poem about it. It's affordable American Girl dolls. (laughs) It is, they're very cute. (laughs) Um, So you got to learn a little bit about the Beanie Babies and things, and we'll talk about more about how those poems came to be in a minute. Okay. But uh, this one was penned particularly by Mr. Ty himself, and it goes as this. Ran into Patty one day while walking. Believe me, she wouldn't stop talking. Louder and louder she did speak. Must be the reason for her extra large beak. (laughs) So it was this purple platypus with a mean poem in it named Patty. It was a direct dig at this Patty that he had dated and started this company with. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So with these 12 Beanie Babies, Ty came up with this kind of wild marketing plan. He said, you know what we're going to do? We're not selling to big box stores. We are absolutely not. I hate that. Personally, I hate it. Okay. We're only selling to small places and they have to be displayed and they have to be displayed. Chris, not a joke in a way where we can see their eyes. What this man has a fixation on eyes about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> Who cares? He sold a lot of uh, <laughs> eye sewn beanie babies. Maybe he knew. Maybe he knew. All right, so let's talk about Big Box in the early 90s. Yeah. I think this is maybe before, like, the super, like, sizing of retail. And so Kmart still exists. Walmart exists. Yeah, we had a Walmart. Target exists, but Target's maybe a little, maybe more regional than it is national. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just Big Box retail. Mace, yep. I imagine anchor stores at malls were considered... Probably. Big box retail. Okay, perfect. That helps me a ton. So they were selling to like individual Hallmark stores and like places like Zany Brainy, right? Like yeah. things like that. Um, so he was a little bit like very intense about, about that strategy. Beanie Babies were not really picking up at that point. That's people were like, oh, okay, cool. But they weren't the craze that they would be. Um, enter Lena. Lena, I can't remember her last name, but she was 19 when she got hired. She was the 12th employee for the Thai company. Um, She was technically a telemarketer, but she really was very creative and she threw other ideas out there. So she'd be like, what about this animal? What about this functionality? Um, Two things she proposed in particular was the poems inside the tags. Okay. The day she proposed it, she was like, wouldn't that be cute? Ty said, I love that idea. At the time, there were 80 distinct Beanie Babies out. And he said, can you write them all by tomorrow? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He released 12. Yeah. How many years before? This is still in 1993. So okay. he, he grew his, his skew count so, quite a bit. So instead of just being like, hmm, maybe I should see marketing of this. No, we're going to no. lean in this R&D the, dollars the and we're going to run at them. Stolen money <laughs> with that antique, hole. Yeah, that antique money. Woo. Yeah. So um, he's like, yes, I love it. Write 80, me 80 overnight. 80 skews in less than a year. Yes. In about a year. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you know what? By golly, Lena does it. She writes 80 poems for these beanie babies overnight for them to be printed in their tags. Um, she was also the very per- first person to say, let's start a website. 
This was 1994. This is someone that didn't want to do the real job and just be a telemarketer. Correct. I do not blame she her was at all. a college all. student at the time. Okay. Um, and so she hires her brother to help create this website. And it's re- at this point, like, people aren't super adopting to the internet. The internet is being, like, fastly adopted, too. People are being in mm-hmm. this phase. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of their initial um Oh, this is well before group. dot com. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this is years before the bubble. So um, she's like, this is great because Ty does not want to talk to the customers. He he really doesn't like it. He's not good at it. He hates it. It's just better for him not to be the voice, the face of the Ty company, if you will. How is he a good salesman? Who knows? Who knows? That doesn't line up in my head. I don't like talking to customers, but I can sell anything to anyone. Who knows? He might have been felt like he was above it. I don't pretend to know the mind of this man. Fair enough. Fair enough. So she created this info beanie, which was essentially a beanie baby (laughs) front that would give the information about the Thai company to visitors to the website. So it was the spokesperson beanie baby? Yes. Okay. It was a beanie baby that was a spokesperson. Um, And it would essentially talk to the customers for the founders let them know when new releases were happening let them know like what was going on in the Thai company um yeah so that's that's a big thing there were also she created like different profiles for some of the beanie babies that were out in the market at that time and they had like daily diaries that she would update kind of saying what they did in beanie baby world that day all of these things. Wow. So it was kind of like as she was a hard worker. Go Lena. Wow. Yeah. Lena and her brother. Get it done. Yeah, and all there, that while going to school. That reminds me of um the like founder of Nike, um, uh, Mr. Knight, I forget his first name. And like the story, how true it is or not, I do not know, where he was like, I I didn't have like a label. We didn't have like what Nike's trademark look was so he hired like a college student that needed a a couple of bucks so she could buy a homecoming dress or something and the nike swoosh came from that creative mind for five hundred dollars and now it's a multi 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 billion dollar iconography yeah it's one of the most like recognizable yeah it's it's unbelievable sometimes it is it is all these if you're a college kid out there don't let people take advantage of you (laughs) don't do it okay so now we're in 1995. And all of a sudden, 1995 holiday season comes around. And the 90s were already kind of big for collectibles. Like What was happening in the 90s collectible-wise? Uh, like baseball cards. Okay, I was a baseball thing. card kid. Pokemon cards. I think started maybe in the 2000s, but there were okay. like some predecessors, I'm sure, to that. Um, when I think of like 90s collectibles i think of like people in their shot glasses and their like little spoons and things like that yeah definitely i think yeah. uh maybe action figures were mm. maybe that period of time i don't know so already kind of people were already primed to collect things and there were these five to six moms that lived in napierville and in illinois okay in illinois yeah all of this is in illinois so far oh so he's just distributing he's back in Chicago this is where it's he's all happening he's back in Chicago thank yeah. you so much that helps yes. um, so these suburban moms were buying them and trying to compete with each other to collect them all and so it was really like five or six of them and because Ty was so freaking specific about the eye placements mm-hmm. sometimes he would get a batch in and he would be like the eyes are wrong and he'd call the factory and he'd be like burn them 
And so these Beanie Babies that were like from the burned batch, you're like, oh, you got one with like funny looking eyes. Like that is probably worth <laughs> just the one that's looking off to the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they'd be like, hey, that one has a weird eye. That's more valuable. So they got really So they created intrinsic value right. additional to the $5 that these things cost or less because they were getting the burned one? No, they, I'm sorry, they were still the buying burn them ready ones? retail. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It would only be like after he saw them and it was like, no. Um, apparently he wasn't big into quality checks <laughs> at this point. Um, not with that antique money. Not with that antique money. <laughs> And so these five or six moms, and one of them happened to um, be, she like, uh, I can't remember what the word is, but she like wrote every once in a while for People Magazine. Oh, um, okay. She was just a, a contributor? Yes. Okay. And so she she got like an article about Beanie Babies in there at some point, and so they started to get a little bit more popular. Um, and so 1995 holiday season rolls around and because they're kind of growing popularity, it's particularly in the Midwest, particularly with middle to upper middle class families, the Beanie Baby is kind of the, the hit gift for the year. Um, so much so that <laughs> Ty forgets to buy enough materials for one of them called Lovey the Lamb. And he just decides we're going to retire a Beanie Baby. Like instead of fessing up and being like, I didn't plan enough material for this one. He just retires. So it. he makes it more rare so in that moment. Introduces scarcity into the market and the thought that any beanie baby can be retired at any time. Oh. So, ooh, yeah. Wow. This is where things you, start getting spicy. I, I want to say uh, <laughs> Lego had that problem one one Christmas season. Really? Where they didn't have enough inventory. I want to say this was this was maybe during. Uh, the peak of uh, the pandemic where supply chains were a little wonky yeah, and they just didn't have enough product to sell. So it's a very interesting thing, really right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of fessing up, you just say, Oh yeah, this one's gone. Yeah. Oops. This one's gone. And what that does on top of already like finding kind of the weird one off beanie babies that weren't supposed to be full production runs or whatever you're getting now things that are going um, that are retired. So you're creating the secondary market for Beanie Babies, which is very interesting. People are... This feels a little like MLME. Oh, yes. It is exactly okay. MLME. It feels a lot like LuLaRoe to me. Are you oh, familiar yes. with them? I didn't want to bring up LuLaRoe because maybe no one would sit there and understand it, but it very <laughs> yes. much feels like LuLaRoe to me. Yes. Can you help people understand what LuLaRoe is? Okay, so there's some fabulous documentaries on it. Highly recommend taking a look for yourself, but essentially it's a legging company. Um, that That is competing with Lululemon, but not even close, right? No, the quality's not great. But what they do have going for them is they have a lot of patterns. And so people would sign up. Uh, you didn't get to choose as a distributor, as a LuLaRoe distributor. You do not get to choose what patterns you have. You, you, you pay in to get a kit. Yep. And you get a grab bag, yep. right? Yep. And so there's some like concept of like maybe the people higher up were getting like the better patterns. There was a rarity to them. You were like, oh, this was a limited run of Mickey leggings and you really wanted the Mickey leggings for yourself to Even sell them. Even though they didn't pay the trademark for the Mickeys or no. the, <laughs> on the leggings. No. So it was this like very scammy thing where it's like, okay, lots of people bought into it. And like, did people make money? Yeah, people making money. But it was like the first eight people into this company much like the Beanie Baby fad that we'll see. I, mm -hmm. There was a huge, I remember like people being 
like over like head over heels on like beanie babies are so valuable um you'd mentioned the acrylic tags that you yeah that's what they were mm-hmm. yeah they were like little acrylic things that you would put over the tags to preserve them i knew someone in my life that had a princess diana one in a glass box like this was 2013 when i saw it so many many years after and still had this hope that they would appreciate um yeah so there were like people who play like we played hard with our beanie babies and then there were people that were like collectors of them like absolute collectors so following the trend following that like that got a in the midwest yeah, they, the holiday fear season. fear scarcity like just yeah. everything that boils like the pot to the like steaming point was all happening yeah. at once. Yes, and okay. these moms were actually making money. These Napierville moms were making money off of Beanie Babies. Napierville is a little high middle class, right? If yeah. not, yes, higher class suburb of uh, Chicago. So they had lots of time. They had lots yeah. of resources to be able to go to 50 stores and look for the rare Beanie Babies or look for these things. Um, and so people were monetizing them in different ways. Okay. People were, um, there was a lady who made this whole like guide on Beanie Baby values. Uh, we'll talk, her name, I think her name was Anne-Marie. We'll talk about her in a little bit. Um, some of the people were selling their finds on eBay. Um, this was huge, wow. huge on eBay. When eBay started, or in 1996, so eBay started, I think, in was 95. just auction-based. Yeah. You couldn't buy now. You couldn't nope. do anything, if nope. anyone remembers. Just auction-based. It was based. a rudimentary r- website that let you just list yes. an item, and you you just auctioned it. There was no reserve. There was no nothing. That was old-school eBay. Yes. And one out of every 10 sales on there was a beating baby. What in the... Okay, do you mind if I hit pause really <laughs> yes. quick? What do you think is inside our humanity... That so many people latch into um, collecting a thing. I think there's like a, it's, I don't know, maybe we get like a little dopamine hit from like something new, right? Like a new stimulus in our environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there might be something too that is like, oh, I completed this task or this set and that's something meaningful to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think I think it's like that whole concept of um, gamification that we've mm. recently kind of like figured out yeah. within the uh, technology and how technology uh, interacts with us. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you sit there and think of just Candy Crush as a game generally, what does yeah. it do? Reward you. You get a little bit of progress. You know, it's all that like little bit of like dopamine. But like the collection things have been around. Yeah. For the longest time. Yeah, I mean, we play virtual collection. We play virtual Pokemon Go. Yes. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that's like very collection-based, right? But yeah, we've just been... I wonder what's deep inside our humanity that like is just like, ooh, I can... I have three of these and there's only eight left. I can go find the other five. Yeah, yeah, right? That's wild. It is wild. It is wild. Um, Okay, so we're in 1986. Ty is... He starts dating a lady named Faith. He knows Faith because he hired her to fix his light fixtures. She works at a like a light gallery store. Yeah, those are one. I like those. Yes, I have many memories of my childhood being in a light gallery store. 
We'll save that. Yeah, <laughs> another time. For an after dark episode. <laughs> <laughs> but he asks her out. So she's in his house fixing his light fixtures. He asks her out and she says no. Uh, and he remembered not great at treating women well. No, he's just a sales guy. He doesn't take no the first time. He has her car blocked in until she says yes. Uh, fair enough. He's yeah. a creep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so years later, in her, she has an unpublished memoir that uh, was released after her death. About ten years ago, she she said that she was she was struck by his flair and the drama he creates, which seems to kind of wrap him up a little bit as a person. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So she just like being audience to his chaos. A little bit, yeah. She there's something about it that she digs. Um, so she moves in. She has two daughters, and uh, her and the two daughters give him a lot of ideas about beanie babies. Um, one story that was pointed out was he was trying to figure out this he was trying to make a ghost beanie baby for Halloween. Okay. And he could not figure out like how it would work and one of her daughters, she was nine at the time, came up and was like, Well what if you did this? and like created a prototype for him. Okay. And he originally credited her in the little tag in the poem in the tag and then like when just enough time has passed removed her from it and was like, No, it was all my idea <laughs> So yeah. So, but Faith is a big part. She's in there. She's suggesting things. She's creative. She's helping with the color so, swatching. So Lena got replaced. No, Lena is still very much working there. Okay. She, she okay. is not. She is not gone from the story. I assume Patty's getting stocked less at this point. Uh, but Patty is now working in insurance. But Patty's about to re-enter the story. Okay. Okay. I'm Actually, trying to keep all the moment. threads. <laughs> yes. All the threads all in the place women, so yes. I can like be ready for it. So Beanie Babies are selling really, really well. And the secondary market is forming. Um, and then Ty wants Patty to get involved again. So he's like, hey, you can come back. but you, And you run Ty UK. And she's like, fine, I didn't want to be necessarily by you anyways. And so she moves to London and, and runs Ty UK. Not a horrible gig for selling insurance. Not a horrible gig. gig. No. So now we're in 1998 and this is the year that Beanie Babies like skyrocket rise. This is their, this is the year of the Beanie Baby. Okay. This is the peak. Yes. So secondary dairy market has like completely formed the value and the idea that like you could send your kids to college on what you make on a Beanie Babies has, has formed. It's very much in the zeitgeist. There are these, everyone is referred to as like moms. And this is a podcast that like very much like tries to get facts true and doesn't just generalize. They Mm -hmm. were like, it was suburban moms driving this. So suburban moms are showing up and they are like waiting around the corners of their like local Hallmark stores for like the chance to buy a beanie baby that they don't have now. Um, Ty of Ty is like I still have my main values which is I don't sell at big stores and I won't license anything like these are my creations I'm not going to say hey I'm going to make a Mickey Mouse Beanie Baby or it's, something with it's that, right? not a horrible approach no no he's also says he won't do a cartoon which like a la trolls I, I was like oh there was there was a lot of precedence during that time for like an action figure or some sort of toy turned cartoon right he man Oh gosh, I love me some He-Man <laughs> and some GI Joe. Little little Chris loved He-Man and GI Joe. Um, this reminds me, and this is a different conversation for another time, but um, uh, the Christian Vegetable cartoon. 
Veggie Tales. Oh, Veggie Tales. That story like blows my stinking mind. And this sounds a little like it, right? Where it's like, no, this is who we are. And then uh, it turns a little bit. Yeah. No, Veggie Tales is fascinating. Um, I would love to do an episode on that. Um. So, but this this website is now out of control, right? Like people are embracing the internet, and so people are logging on like multiple times a day. eBay s- or his native his like website, website. that Lena his, has okay, perfect is set up for him. People are like logging in multiple times a day to like check out the info bear, see where what new drops are planned, where they're going to be planned. Um, and sweet Lena is still in college and is just updating this website between classes. Let me let me she her entrance pay was twelve dollars. And that was awesome back then, ish. Still being paid twelve dollars at this point. Definitely should have gotten a free beanie baby at she least. She absolutely should have. <laughs> um, and at this point, there are no like class. There's for so long people. It was like very much middle class oh, and yeah. then upper middle class. That was the demand for here. Now everyone wants. I'm sure Ty's babies. holding a hundred percent of the equity because he keeps shoving everyone out. That's creative. He's the only board member. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um. And everyone, like I said before, kind of is like, if you get enough Beanie Babies, then you can monetize it. Somehow, some way, these Beanie Babies are going to be our, our future, our savings, our everything. It's kind of how I feel about crypto, is like crypto is the Beanie Babies of now. I was actually feeling sorry for the, the poor IT guy that was having to like increase rack space to keep this this website up that was pre-cloud computing. <laughs> right. That poor guy in a cold room somewhere just spinning up servers in a closet. <laughs> But continue. <laughs> so Ty is not super happy about the secondary market, but there's little he can do about it since he's kind of done it himself by like rarifying Beanie Babies. Yeah, it increases his sales, but it also creates a secondary market. So how many times was he rarifying? Was he just doing single runs? Was he doing multiple runs? Was he misleading people? Uh, we will get to the misleading oh, later. Okay. But okay. yeah, Sorry. he was not... Um, it wasn't uncommon for him to be like, oh, this Beanie Baby is gone now, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, But he's, he's just generally not happy with like this kind of the secondary things that are happening around Beanie Babies. Um, is that because he's not getting a cut or yes. because he can't control? He's not getting a cut. Okay. So these price guides being developed by these moms um, that they're making tons of money off the side. One of them, I think her name, I think Annabelle. Um. But she made one, and it was like a distribution of like 1.1 million copies a month that she was selling to people. So she had a news, she had a Beanie Baby newsletter. Yes, and a price guide for like which Beanie Babies are the most valuable right now. So what she are was they a, worth? She was a bookie. I guess for so. Beanie Babies. <laughs> yeah. So she was making. So she, he, Ty just starts slapping people with lawsuits at this point, um, and people aren't like super happy about that it kind of puts a bad taste in people's mouth around the company like this company is supposed to bring joy and it's a little chaotic um so there is this is kind of the beginning of the demand um so all this time ty has been like hey we're not we're not doing any of these big box stores but he backs off to do the teeny beanie promotion at mcdonald's which he referenced before yeah. Do re- what do you remember about that? I don't know how McDonald's every handful of years finds something that just lines people up to the McRib. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's Monopoly. <laughs> I love McDonald's Monopoly. <laughs> and Beanie Babies. 
and maybe one or two other like I'm buying children's meal but I'm not a child because I need this last Power Ranger or whatever it is that's only a McDonald's issued thing. Yes. It's wild. It is wild. Wild stuff what yes. McDonald's does. Yes. And these teeny beanies <laughs> were exactly what you described. So I remember I had a few. I remember like one of us had like um the bowl. I can't remember the bowl's name. Um, was but the big version and then we had like the baby version of it we had a handful of like the big version and the baby version we loved them Thought did they come so with cute. clips were they like keychainy um or I don't remember remembering them that being keychain okay, they mind. might they very well could have been okay um but yeah they were just like little mini versions of them and um so he did he, they were small and that the reason for them being small was like to want to keep cost low obviously and they wanted to retain the value of the original products um but now everyone is collecting beanie babies like people that were like on the fence about collecting beanie babies are now like i want these things so things get a little bit out of control there are mobs of people trying to get them um there are news articles i watched this one where this like kid is like my stomach hurts because he had been eating so many happy meals they're like interviewing moms driving from like mcdonald's to mcdonald's to mcdonald's trying to find all the teeny beanies and the kids are just complaining they're not having fun anymore and then i didn't i could not find this footage but it was described um there's news footage of a helicopter over a highway where a truck had lost some teeny beanies like they'd fallen out of the back of the oh. truck uh, there were these moms. Were there just minivans and station oh. wagons everywhere? Full Let's on? see, late 90s? Yeah, yeah, minivans, station wagons. Yeah, they're full and stopped on the highways and they're sending their kids to go like fight other kids. It is Kid Thunderdome, my dream. To, oh. <laughs> to Kid fight Thunderdome. over these beanie babies. <laughs> so yeah, teeny babies, huge success. They did kind of dilute the market though. And that's losing control over his like initial vision is kind of this is where things start to like quiet down market wise um so that was 1998 he was also launching new beanie babies so frequently that people that were trying to catch them all like couldn't catch up couldn't keep up couldn't get them all yeah the completionists were like starting to give up at this point um but that year was like killer for money so december 1998 rolls around this all happens in the same day Ty says, you know what? I'm giving everyone a Christmas bonus that works here. Everyone gets their salary doubled. So for poor Lena, she's still at $12 an hour. Um, but they're making so much money that he, the stingy, mean man that he is, has no problem doing that. Okay. It's so much money. And Chris, do you want to guess how much money he was making? How much money the Ty company made in um, 1998? I... I- Craze stuff like this. I don't know. Eight hundred million. I I can't even like fathom a starting point. One point eight billion. Okay. Um. Ty was. So I was off by a bill. Cool. You were, so, <laughs> <laughs> Ty was the only shareholder, so he made personally seven hundred million dollars that year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So in the same day that he's giving everyone Christmas bonuses, um, Faith finds out that Ty is cheating on her with Patty, who is in town. Yeah, there's there's something genuine about Patty. There is. Especially that she keeps coming back. Yes. We don't um, judge you, Patty. We don't judge you. We celebrate you. No. So Faith confronts him. <laughs> she punches him in the face, which I'm pretty proud of Faith for doing. Oh, Faith, not yeah. in America. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> and she breaks up with him. Uh, unfortunately, he kept saying, like, when we hit this financial mark, then we'll get married. 
it was all a ploy. He never, they never got married. She gets no financial benefit. She tried to go back and through the courts. Can't. Like, get a formal title at the company because she did so much work. Um, and essentially, he does, he says, nope. I, and he sets her up in a mansion in Santa Barbara um, and tells her to, like, essentially go away. And she dies loving him, which is really sad, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't like this story now. It's, it is sad. Patty. Patty. So Patty and Ty Patty. get back together. <laughs> UK um, Patty and Patty said the hardest part of having a relationship with Ty is that he never loved you which I found really heartbreaking like all these women were treated horribly by this man um yeah oh, but may- Patty- maybe that's something to think about instead of collections like what is it inside the human head that wants something more than someone yeah. else that's oh that's yeah. a wild conversation maybe not this episode yeah right <laughs> we'll go for a deeper one um so in 1999, it starts to sink in. Like maybe, maybe a la LuLaRoe, it was only a handful of people that were ever going to make money off of this, and we will not be sending our college, our kids to college on Beanie Babies. Uh, the retail value has never changed. So it's consistently been five, six dollars for eight years, years at this yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For yeah, six years. Um, but resale values are starting to drop. The market is absolutely flooded. Like I said, new Beanie Babies were being launched very quickly and people were starting to give up connectionists. Um, so I mentioned that he was litigious. It is in 1999 that he does sue a company called Holy Bears, which is like a religious Beanie Baby knockoff. And I just laughed because it's like, what part of the market share was that taking? I don't know. Boy, I, I, I am a big believer in intellectual like property and things like that. But sometimes when... You're just making your own version of something that's been versioned how many times for how many decades? Like the stupid cookie bullcrap that's happened here. Yeah. And it's like it's all gone now, but it's like, oh, we're the only people that know how to sell cookies in boxes. So we're going to sue you. This is just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, But he's a little bit freaked out that like, maybe Beanie Babies heyday is over so he does what he does and he he tries to retire a bunch of Beanie Babies to increase their value like right on the spot it doesn't work okay he's manipulating a market yeah yeah um so that happens um at this time Lena goes to him and says hey I've been really valuable to your company for the last however many years Lena's still making $12 after still making $12 an hour I hope she's done with college after five or six years and make it okay thank you good for you Lena so she goes to the executives and said hey I've done all this work I want a salary of I think it was $125,000 which is probably not what she was even like not even close to how much work she had put into this company at this point yeah um and they tell her no they kind of laugh in her face so she quits (laughs) she's now a children's book author and seems to hold like very very like not a lot of ill will towards the company, which like better person than I was, I'd be like, how many manuscripts does she have? You. Yeah, how many yeah. child's book manuscripts does she have? Is like somehow, some way, there's a dead beanie baby at the end of that like <laughs> manuscript, and like, well, I can't publish this. Yeah. Like, well, nope, can't do it, can't do it. So Selena's out, so they lose some of that too. Um, so <laughs> he um, he makes. Now Ty is a little freaking out and he makes his final bad decision that brings the ends of Beanie Babies. Um, he says, Beanie Babies are gone forever. This is what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of ending the Beanie Babies for forever. 
So on his website, he puts up a poll saying, should I end Beanie Babies? Yes or no? He makes people pay 50 cents to vote in this poll. So he's like bringing in some cash through this website. Um, Of course, everyone was like, no, don't quit the Beanie Babies. We love them. He was having people pay 50 cents (laughs) to vote no. Yes. This is such a like common grift in america like i'm not even surprised it feels like an influencer uh feels like influencers maybe i don't know hypothetically deciding that they were gonna book trips randomly and then have already booked the trips in advance and they're like haha we're gonna let you think it's random but it's not and this is what he does this is so even though people are voting no he's like too bad we're retiring the brand december 31st 1999. Okay. He so says, Y2K is coming. The world is ending. wave of hysteria, and I do remember that year yes. of Y2K. Yes. Uh, and being mildly worried in my life. But, okay, so he creates a mass hysteria, one more push to revenue. Yes, and his secret plan was he was going to retire the brand, drive up sales, and then a few weeks later was going to bring them back <laughs> to what he hoped was higher sales. And he was suing the Christian Beanie Baby? Correct. That's, that's what the Christian Beanie Baby should have done. Right. We're gone. Uh, just kidding. Three days later, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Chris, that was such a good one. <laughs> uh, so he creates a final Beanie Baby. This is the, the drama. We love it. It's called The End. The Beanie Baby is called The End. Do you have any memory of this Beanie Baby? No, not at all. But for some reason, I wanted to be like a Matrix Beanie Baby or something like that. Oh my like gosh. That. Very cool. Um, it is, you know, the traditional bear shape. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. It is totally. It's a blacked out bear. So it has like the black eyes, black body, and it has a little firework on its chest. that says the end on it. Um, and the poem inside says. How did Care Bears not come after him? That is. You just described a Care Bear that was two decades before and him. No, like the Princess Diana Bear had like um, like a flower on Oh, it's up here. It wasn't it. on yeah. their belly. Okay. No, it's on their like chest. Like a okay. little thing. I had a peace bear that had a little peace sign on it. I think it was called Jerry, actually. Or Garcia. It was the Garcia Bear. We wow. Him. People didn't sue him? People didn't sue him. <laughs> I know. Um, all good things come to an end. It's been fun for everyone. Peace and hope are never gone. Love forever and so long. That was the poem on the end of like the final Beanie Baby. Sounds like something Taylor Swift wrote. Uh, I don't do Swifty like that. Um, <laughs> so he does this. Everyone is like, ah, Beanie Babies are over. Um, he goes along with his plan and does announce that they're back weeks into 2000. People are pissed. <laughs> they're like, we've been lied to. Sales are really, really, really bad. Um, and from that point, he tries to launch a few other lines kind of offshooting on Beanie Babies. Yeah. Um, Beanie Kids. I remember a couple of like fancier ones. My mom had one called Isabella. Um, that yeah, also maybe an after dark episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have a very close connection with that bear. Um, (laughs) but the okay, so these like diffusion lines for better, (laughs) okay, these spinoffs, yes, are not doing great. So he sends his employees like mafia style into these small businesses because he's still never sold a big box retail, these small businesses, and being like, You gotta want to buy some of these. (laughs) I don't know what accent that was, but like, you're gonna want to buy some, you're gonna want to buy some of these beanie baby things. And they're like, No, thank you, we just want the originals. And they're like, No, you want beanie kids. Oh, oh, so okay, so it was a little coercion, (laughs) yes. Yes. Um, and so essentially, like, at this point, um, oh, 
one thing I need to mention, you, we talked about the castle, him being like Enya. He decides that, like, maybe he should put his money somewhere else um, besides Beanie Babies, like a longer-term investment. So he buys the Four Seasons in New York, um, and he still owns that to today. So Not that's, a horrible choice. I'm sure yeah. that does well. Yeah. So after, like, kind of as the Beanie Baby diffusion lines are kind of dying out, he's pretty much a hotelier full-time. Um, and he just kind of stopped caring and did everything he said he wouldn't, which brings us to today's Beanie Babies, which are called Beanie Boos. They sell at every big box store. Like, they sell them at Harmon's, which is our local grocery store. Okay. Um, they sell them everywhere. He and... He and he does like licensing. You can go get like a Paw Patrol Beanie Baby. You can get does does he do it like or that. did he did he spin off? They put another C suite in or a board that was like we're gonna go try to make this make some money again. It, to my knowledge, it's only been him. Really, but yeah, he's he's a little bit more removed from the data. Okay, so he's he's got other distractions. Yeah, got it. Yeah, um, he and Patty break up at some point, and I love this. She makes him sign an agreement that. Um, He's like, I hate you so much. Please never talk to me again. You cannot talk to me again. And he signs it. So apparently he and Patty have not been speaking. I hope, I hope Patty got paid. I, she did not. She did not. I will pretend I didn't hear that and yep. hope that Patty got paid. Yep. Um, she came he, back twice. He was in court for a while. He had $100 million in Swiss banks. Um, that could have put him in prison for five years. Instead, he got two years on probation due to his embarrassment in the press. So, it just shows... White collar crime in America. Yeah. He's now 78 years old. He still owns the Four Seasons. Um, He is getting older, though, and he's been... He's continued to be a complete asshole to the women in his life. His sister, Joy, who we talked about at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, didn't didn't see a lot of money throughout her life, needed some surgeries. He, at $3.4 billion, um, is what he's worth, refused to pay for any of her surgeries. Um, but now he's not looking so good and looks like he's going to die. And his sister Joy is going to inherit the $3.4 billion. Really? He was cool enough to let it, let it like fall to her? I I don't know. I don't know if that has, that's what happens I mean, cool when you enough. don't have heirs or you don't have like a family or anyone you really treated well your whole life. That's like, so. the, that's like the meme that's going around like social media right now <laughs> for like millennials that don't have kids. They're like, who's going to take care of you? <laughs> and everyone's just like. Well, it, like, shrugs her shoulder. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not worried about it. Um, yeah, so that kind of brings us to where Beanie Babies today. And I did want to close this out with Chris. I looked up the crazycouponlady.com had an article on what is the most valuable Beanie Babies to right now. They are the original nine. They say nine. I think it was 12. Um, and they're, they're not. They have to be in mint condition. And still, at this point, they're only worth, like, 20... Like, the original Patty the Platypus is on there. Princess Anna Bear is the most valuable. It's about $65. Uh, there is a Pinterest of Lobster, which my dad had, was is $50. Uh, Patty the Platypus is at a solid 45 so I hope Patty got her due. Um, yeah, and Snip the Cat, which I had, is also on that list for sixteen fifty. If only I had kept Snip the Cat, who was Flip's sister and not also buried snip the cat could have made seven cool 17 dollars chris i know every once in a while i think (laughs) about like my old baseball cards yeah i sit there and think i wonder where they went because i'm pretty sure that they were in a box somewhere and then i lost track of them but um 
as a kid that like base didn't play baseball, yeah. but all of his friends played baseball and had baseball cards, so I definitely want to be included in that group. Absolutely. Um, I like, had baseball cards. It was a really easy gift for like a parent to like get you like, oh, you're into this. I can pick these up for like a buck or something yeah. like that. And, and you'll change your behavior. Yeah, here you go. Right. I remember I got like whole when they used to. I don't know if they still sell them, but like the entire like season, every single card, like the whole run of that season, they sold in a big like box. Oh, cool. And I had a handful of those from like the early 90s when I was a kid. I can't even imagine like what that is anymore. Yeah. But what's so funny about like these secondary markets, it's all like intrinsic value. It's all like what someone's willing to pay. Exactly. Exactly. Something that on this podcast I was listening to broke my heart is like the host and the guest that was on it kind of talked about beating babies and like beating babies were around us, but a lot of us didn't play with them, right? Because they were perceived to be this valuable. And that like broke my heart a little bit because I was like, I freaking loved them. I loved just being destructive. We used to, we had like a laundry chute that we would like put the Beanie Babies all down in and then we would have to like rescue, tie stuff together to like rescue them out of the the chute. Um, And so I'm just grateful that like I had a childhood where we freaking played with with all of them. Yeah. And so I hope that was you with the baseball cards. You played with, Uh, might not know where they are now, but you played with them. Yeah, we traded a lot. It definitely like was a lot of fun time. With my young friends, like elementary school, like fun. Yeah. But what we enjoyed playing together, and this is for another episode, uh, G.I. Joe's and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle craze. I lived through the real time Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle craze and we had the action figures and we played every scenario that you could think of in a in a further out suburban neighborhood is how I'll call that. We were at the edge of the sprawl. Just playing Ninja Turtles, right? And playing with them, right? Not yeah. like holding them in a box and hoping yeah. that someday someone would think it's worth more than I bought it for, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That, I would love for you to do a nostalgia episode on that for us. No, I think, I think I'll sound like a little creepy because we also had access to fireworks as kids, so. Fair enough. Toys and fireworks came Fair together quite enough. often. You were Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm hearing. <laughs> oh. This was great. I love getting the additional facts for something that's really light and fluffy and it's like really easy to remember. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, this whole other world. I mean, good for you, Ty, but not a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Very interesting. I love that you uh, gravitate to these topics because my mind doesn't ever come here <laughs> for episodes, and now I'm like, maybe I should find something a little bit lighter to talk about. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It's the, it's the balance, Chris. It's the yin and the yang. It's the flow and the go. Mm, yes, I like yeah. that. Anything for the people, Jeech? Oh, we love you all. Thanks. I had an abnormal amount of people tell me to my face this week that they listened, um, and I really appreciate that. Thank you for everyone that listens whether we know it or not thank you for everyone that like laughs thank you for everyone that is just around we appreciate you and thank you for girl that came and found jillian at a (laughs) taylor swift themed event last night that remembered her from a year plus ago taylor swift themed event doesn't know who she is not a year plus ago this was recently this was like january maybe oh okay i thought this was when you went to kate's thing oh my gosh maybe it was yeah it was And that was a while ago. We weren't married or we were barely married at that time. So regardless, I hope she finds you again. That's crazy. (laughs) Exactly. All right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.